0: On Monday, March 21st, MSW students, also known as the Master of Social Work students, gathered out on the Diag to rally support for the Payments for Placements plan. These students have been demanding to receive financial compensation for the mandatory 900 hours of fieldwork that's required of them to obtain their master's degree. But in an article published by the Michigan Daily, Dan Fisher, Assistant Dean of the School of Social Work, remained firm in his position that MSW students are unlicensed professionals so that they couldn't engage in master social work-level jobs. However, students like Matt Deragay, the Central Student Government Representative for the School of Social Work, is working to change the status quo with his payments for placement plan. And today, we had Senior Podcast Editor Isaac Mintz sit down with Matt to discuss this issue. I'm your host, Sky Lee. Stay
1: tuned. Matt, thanks so much for sitting down with us. Of course. Happy to be here. Matt, do you think you can introduce yourself?
2: Yeah, absolutely. So I'm a master's of social work student. I'm in the 16-month program and I'm in my second of four semesters. And in terms of what Brings me onto the podcast today. I am the founder and co-chair of Payment for Placements, which is an effort that started at the University of Michigan, but now is a nationwide effort among social work students to guarantee payment for our field work, which is essentially
1: our internships. Matt, tell us um, a little bit about what is going on with Payment for Placements now, and how is this movement arose here on campus? The movement arose because there is a
2: critical need for payment for placements. Right now, eight out of every nine students at the School of Social Work are completely unpaid for their degree-required fieldwork, and this has thrown a lot of students into some pretty difficult financial circumstances. There are some of us who are doing some form of work from 7 a.m. to 7 p.m., six or seven days a week because they need to have a part-time or full-time job. On top of their schoolwork, their classes, and in some cases, their parental obligations, because some of us are parents. And beyond that, some students have instead resorted to taking out loans for their living expenses. Uh, That's the option that I've taken. And we feel that, especially since students at other schools in the university system do receive stipends for their field work, uh, that it's a travesty. So in November of last year, the previous School of Social Work representative in Central Student Government, authored a resolution urging the leaders and administrators of the School of Social Work to convene a task force to study this issue. And I then took over as representative in Central Student Government and took it upon myself to start an initiative which would follow through on compelling the university, or not the university, but the School of Social Work to start this task force. So since then, we've written a petition We've done a few different surveys. We've started taking the show on the road and getting other schools across the country to start chapters of payment for placements. And this all came to fruition when about a month ago at this point, the school administrators decided to have their first meeting with us. And we have now had a couple of preliminary meetings, as well as a couple of official meetings of this task force.
1: Matt, maybe you can tell us a little bit about what was the walkout uh about last week. Why was it last week? Why were you guys acting uh, specifically last week?
2: It was last week because students wanted to show their support. After a while, I just heard from a number of students who asked, when are we demonstrating? When are we protesting? So after a while, the dam burst and our chapter's leadership felt that if we are to, if we're going to be responsive to our students in the way we need to be, we need to hold some sort of demonstration. And so we decided to hold this walkout uh, in advance of the first official meeting of the task force on the 21st, because we wanted to show the full depth of support that payment for placements has. We had nearly every student who was in class at the time turn
1: out and participate in the walkout. So we know that the University of Michigan social work program is ranked third in the country currently. How does first in the country currently
2: first the u.s news and world report came out i believe yesterday oh wow okay
1: okay yeah this was this was a few days ago but (laughs) (laughs) we're first as of today and how does our program uh in terms of payment for placement stack up against other top programs are other top programs providing funding for these Mm -hmm. placements in the vast
2: majority of cases um and this does apply to U of M. The university itself does not give students of social work stipends for their field work, nor does it come out of the school social works budget. So, we talked earlier about the one in nine students who do receive stipends at U of M. Those stipends for those students are coming from their field sites. So, at present, there is no stipend program for social work students. And at the vast majority of schools across the country, that is also the case. The fact that robust stipend programs don't exist at other schools, I think speaks to the national underinvestment in social work and
1: social work students, which has led us to this point. And what are the implications for social work students with these placements? I'm aware that there are strenuous and uh, very lofty requirements for these placements. Can you tell us more about that?
2: One element of pushback that we've sometimes gotten is that your field placement is not supposed to be a job or resemble a job or function as a job. It is supposed to be exclusively an educational experience, and I feel that the vast majority of us students would not deny the educational value of these placements. My field placement is with the city council, and I have learned a whole lot. My experience doesn't even compare to students who are in the interpersonal mental health pathway, who are essentially serving as full-on therapists for free. We have students who have what's known as a caseload, so a slate of a handful of clients, sometimes even five or six clients, who they are responsible for conducting therapy with them. So it's a great experience, for sure, a learning experience, but it is also a work experience because... Many students, for all intents and purposes,
1: are doing the same work as their master's level peers or even supervisor in this site. In an email to the Michigan Daily, Dan Fisher, assistant dean of field education in the School of Social Work, wrote that unpaid field work does not violate the US Fair Labor and Standards Act, and also said that students are unlicensed professionals and would not be able to engage in MSW level work, which is Correct me if I'm wrong. At odds with this idea that these social work students are conducting professional level work. Well, what he's saying is technically true. If you want to be hired as
2: a therapist for pay at comparable pay rates, or if you want to be hired as a case manager, you and want to call yourself that, um, <laughs> and the agency that hires you doesn't want to lose its license, then you do need to have a master's degree in social work. So there is truth to what Dan is saying in the sense that. I wouldn't be able to go out and get a job as a therapist right now if the agency wanted to stay in the good graces of regulatory agencies. So to that extent, what he's saying is true. What I will maintain, however, is that students are still taking 16 to 24 hours of their time out of every week to fulfill many of the same duties and roles as master's level clinicians. So even if we aren't doing the exact same thing, performing the exact same functions as master's level clinicians, we are in the experience of a overwhelming number of students approximating that role. So payment for placements is not alleging that our experience and the way the university and the way the field sites treat us is in violation of labor law. We know that this
1: practice is perfectly legal, but just because it's legal doesn't mean it's ethical. Thank you, Matt. And going forward, what are you looking to accomplish and what's the timeline for this? The Payment for Placements team is now working on a joint task force with School Social Work
2: administrators. And our objective, our charge as a task force is to explore improving stipends for students. So there are many different routes that we could take to accomplish that. The P4P team has its own desired route, which would be the creation of a stipend program paid for out of the university's unrestricted endowment funds. And that would require approaching the provost, getting their approval, and then the regents ultimately voting to authorize this new line item, the school social works budget. But that's just one idea. Other ideas include trying to create what would be called an apprenticeship program for social work students akin to the apprenticeship programs for people in the building trades or approaching state level legislators to petition for the creation of uh, stipends for social work students as a workforce retention program. Our objective as a task force for the next few weeks is to settle on some sort of path that we can take together. Outside the confines of this task force, our P4P team is invested in spreading the word of P4P to other schools. And as of right now, there are
1: 11 chapters of P4P across the United States. Matt, and just to clarify, you were mentioning that uh, the universities prov- um, quote unquote provides stipends for certain students. Do they provide students for uh, stipends for law students and public policy students, but, but not the health science professional program? I can't speak to the HSPP. I know that the university does provide stipends
2: for law students and public policy students who decide to take their internships with public interest firms that can't really afford to pay them and to speak to other schools that I know do not get compensated for their field work. The master's in elementary and secondary education students in the school of ed have to serve as student teachers for a year, and at present, they are completely
1: unpaid for that work. Matt, thank you so much for coming on the podcast. We really appreciate your time. Oh, my gosh, this has been great, Isaac. Thank you so much for having me.
0: Here's what else happened this week. On April 1st, the Central Student Government's election results came out. Noah Zimmerman and Jackie Hillman will be the next president and vice president. And on April 7th, there was a Take Back the Night Ann Arbor rally, which was led by United Students Against Rape in collaboration with other organizations against sexual violence. That same day, two men were acquitted for the attempted kidnapping of Michigan Governor Gretchen Whitmer. In other news, recent controversy has clouded over the Trotter Multicultural Center, with issues over why student organizations reserving it and thereby reducing the number of available spaces for Black and Brown students. The building was originally a Black Student Cultural Center to give marginalized students a safe space on campus to escape the obstacles of attending a predominantly white university. It has since grown into a hub for students from different communities of color. That's it for the Daily Weekly this week. Thanks for tuning in. This episode was produced by managing editor, Doug McClure, executive producer, Kayla Jong, senior podcast editors, Sophia Terenzio and Isaac Mintz, and content producers, Rhea Bazargar, Hannah Devereaux, Sky Lee, Claire Jones, Ella Price, and Jack Sweeting, with audio engineering and composition from Julian Choncello and Omi Shahidi. The Daily Theme Song was composed by Gibson Gillette Barnes.